Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there. Because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. I am personally so excited for this conversation. Talking about money in our society still feels a little taboo or even uncouth, but it is so important, especially for women. The Rebel Mamas, Alex and Nikita, are experts on this topic. Their book called Get Your Shit Together is a must read for anyone looking to feel more empowered. In their own words, Money is the international language of power, which means that empowerment simply cannot be fully realized without financial literacy. The old adage, he who has the gold makes the rules, still holds true. The goal now is to amend the pronoun. Yes, ladies. (laughs) So excited that you're here. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here too. It's been so long. I've seen you guys in real life, like what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Exactly. Crazy. Exactly. Crazy. It's been so long. And uh, yeah, we're so excited to have you here today. And I think like diving right into it, what we'd love to understand is, is what was like the tipping point in deciding to write this book for you, for you both? What kind of just locked it in? It was like, we need to get this information out there to moms and women. I think there were a lot of factors involved. Like we just, we wanted to, we thought really carefully about how we wanted our brand to evolve and the conversations that we wanted to be having. And, you know, the goal of the first book was empowerment. And we wanted to empower moms to, you know, create their own status quo and maybe take their own path and be themselves and all that good stuff. But then, you know, for us, we just kept thinking about like, what's the natural progression here? Like, how can we continue to empower? And financial empowerment was just like, it was the clear next step for us that we really truly believe that, you know, as you quoted us in saying that, you know, financial literacy is a massive piece to the empowerment puzzle. And we wanted to use our voice and our platform to give that to as many women as we could. And it kind of came at a, at the right time too, because we were, we started putting it together and, and pulling it together, researching in 2019, right before the pandemic. And as we know, when that hit, it couldn't have come at a better time for women to have access to this kind of information so they can not only make sure that they have a foundation that they can set themselves up on, but understand their value at home because all the moms stayed home. A lot of them left work to care for their children. And what does that look like? How much is that worth? So it's, it's a good conversation definitely to have right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it's so true though. What a, I mean, as imperfect of launching a book as we talked about before this during COVID is, <laughs> but perfect in terms of like the timeliness of the information that was needed then is like, so it was so needed um, and many women and moms are trying to make really are having forced to make really big decisions around their career and, and equaling that financial piece being uh, challenged right during those times. Yeah. 
And it brought a lot of it brought a lot of good stuff up to the surface. So it's great that people are having these conversations. It's great that the stats are out and people are sharing the information because before it was a little bit buried, a little bit too much buried for mm-hmm. our liking. So now it's all out in the open and we're very excited about that. <laughs> What's been the feedback that you've gotten from the book? So far, so good. People have been, yeah. <laughs> there. you know, it's kind of, it's nice to have this information presented to you in a voice that you can relate to. And, you know, we know our audience, we know that moms are busy and they don't have a ton of free time. So we just tried to make like, same as our first book, short, easily digestible chapters, stuff you can dog ear, go back to. Um, we just wanted to make it as accessible as possible. And so far, that has been the response is people were just like, thank you. I actually feel like I understand these things now. And, you know, it's, I have to like mentally prepare myself for like two days before I get on a call with our accountant. Cause like, I can't, (laughs) (laughs) but if, you know, if you're having a conversation with somebody who sounds like they're speaking your language and relates Mm -hmm. to you and gets what you're going through and understand the information that you need, it can be a lot easier to digest that information. So that seems to be, what people have been telling us too. So accomplished. Otherwise it's, yeah, otherwise it's daunting. Right. And that's why we did all the research and we, we pulled out all those practical things and showed you like ABC, this is how you do it so that it's not so scary. You know, why do you think people are still often, even these days, uncomfortable talking about money? And have you experienced that yourself? People or women? Because men are not, men are definitely comfortable (laughs) talking about money. (laughs) Okay. So women, women, comparatively, I think that's the important piece. Like why are women so much more uncomfortable talking about it? Well, we're socialized to not talk about it. So we like internalize that our whole lives. It's, It's polite to talk about money. It's, you know, all of these things, but at the same time, it's like, once you realize that not talking about money is what really puts you at a disadvantage, you're like, why were we being told all of these years to not talk about money? Why is it impolite to talk to your coworkers about their salary when there's a massive gender pay gap? Like that can only exist in a culture of secrecy. So getting things out into the open, talking about how much you're making, how much is your male coworker making, how much work are you doing? And, you know, if we're not having those conversations, then we're just keeping ourselves in the dark and you can't go anywhere if you're totally in the dark. Right. And I think we started paying attention to the way men were talking about it too. Like they just, they get together casually talk about their businesses, talk about how much they're bringing in, what the profits look like, what their staff costs look like. Oh, here's, you know, here's a tax break you can do. They give each other advice. Like they just have normal conversations about it as you would any other way. And I think as women, yeah, we just are been taught that it's not polite to have those conversations. And we've sort of, even ourselves had to learn how to push through that and like, talk to especially in our space where it's like media right like how are we supposed to know how much we're supposed to get paid like we don't know right so we had to have those frank conversation with other people in the space men women and just be honest about it now we feel so like I feel like we're grounded and in such a good place because we understand so much more and we're so much more literate because we've read, we've written the book, we've read the books. I think that's a big piece of it too. Start reading the things, get our book, read it, read articles, 
online, read, you know, get comfortable with the topic. And then it becomes less scary because it's very daunting when you, when you look at it as a big picture, it can appear yeah. very right. scary. And yeah. no wonder, Defining- male, well, no wonder a male then is going and um, able to get, you know, a higher pay or promoted or all of those things, because it's so much more comfortable they're so much more comfortable in having those conversations than women are in standing up and asking for what we deserve and have earned um, because we're more intimidated and having, well, they don't, they don't have an emotional attachment to it. Right. They're just like money's money. It's like money, car, house, whatever. Like they don't have an emotional attachment to it. We do. Right. So we feel uncomfortable and awkward talking about it. We feel guilty or, you know, we don't know how to say it and we've, so all of that just needs to go. Act like a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> God, I feel like there's so much to dive into here. Like there's so much to like what the guilt, the whole thing. So let's talk about this money mindset term. So I've seen like money mindset coaches, advertising services on Instagram. Like I know you've heard this term that's being thrown around. So what are your thoughts on this concept of, you know, what's your money mindset? Well, I think that the whole coaches thing is a whole other conversation. Um, but <laughs> um, money mindset is really important. And that's why we start the book with a short questionnaire, just to get people thinking about it, thinking about, you know, their attitude toward money and where does that come from? Like it comes from your upbringing, right? It comes from how you were raised and what your parents' relationship with money was and the things that you heard and things that were said to you and whatever, like all of that stuff manifests itself in how you actually manage your finances. So just actually truly sitting down and thinking about what those things are and acknowledging them and then making the decision from there. Am I going to change my mindset now? Like maybe I had a scarcity mindset. Maybe I always felt like there was never enough money. Whatever money I had, I had to be so careful with, but like, how can I now change that to more of an abundance mindset where I see that like money is a never ending ocean of you know, that like it can always come to me and it's not this like little tiny pond that like I can scrape together a couple hundred dollars from maybe like it's just changing your perspective of it, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, it's difficult to do, but it's really important work. So I, and I guess I understand the necessary, whatever, like the coach thing, if yeah. you need somebody to kind of help you through those questions yeah. and that consideration. But yeah, I think money mindset is huge. Well, and just reflecting on it like anything else, like thinking about how you feel about it, like does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel afraid? Um, were you did your parents teach you how to save, or did they were they stressed out about money? Was it like not talked about? A lot of p- people grew up in households where money wasn't talked about, and then they got married and went into relationships where also money wasn't talked about, and their husband took care of all the finances. And then you have women that are getting separated like ten years later that have no idea how much money they have in the bank, how much their house is worth, how much the mortgage payment is nothing. Right. And that's a very scary position to be in. So and you think that's common. Know. Like that's pretty yeah, common. It is common. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've heard a bunch of examples of that recently. I mean, one on yeah. Rapsides of Beverly Hills, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so funny. They're like a metaphor for real life. One of them, then there's got to be like thousands of others, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's so real. We got to talk about the whole couples thing. I think that's so interesting. One of the questions we had for you was, you know, we know money problems are one of the top reasons people actually get divorced, according to research. So what advice do you have for couples who are struggling in this area? 
I want to um, go. I want to take this yeah, one. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, first of all, remove emotion from the conversation and just have a frank conversation and try not to have those conversations in a moment of tension, like when you're arguing about money. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't have that conversation then. But come to the plate with, like, an article or something that you find interesting. Do your budgets together. Like, I did my budget with my husband, like, for the first time in 2020. We sat down and we really looked at everything because I kind of had no idea either. So just approach it. And I think it's it's important for them to know that you're interested too. Sometimes men can assume that we're not interested or that they they can handle everything for us. So I think just like coming to that conversation and, and starting it and just having a very frank and non-emotional yeah. <laughs> talk. And I think it's fair to like, you know, if you kind of backed out of the financial conversation when you had a baby, for example, because your mind was completely yeah. occupied with that and somebody's mind needs to be completely occupied with that. So if, you know, if the division of labor was you dealt with that and your partner dealt with the finances and stuff, that's fine. But it's always okay to like regroup and say, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I'm actually feeling a lot more comfortable with how, you know, the kid is doing and, you know, we're doing great. And I would really like to get back into a conversation about our family finances and like maybe, you know, get would do our budget together and figure out how we're going to do this moving forward. I think that a lot of like, future-based conversations are important when you're talking to your partner because if you talk about the past and like well you did that and I did this and da, 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 like yeah. it's not super productive like more a future plan that you're going to execute together is kind of a good way to look at that conversation um but yeah I mean you kind of the more transparent the better I think like there's yeah, stuff that and you pay need attention to, yeah. too pay attention to what's going on and like be engaged and involved because a lot of the times, you know, sometimes you're just like, Oh, this is boring. You just like walk out of the room. But now I pay attention to like all, like my husband's dealings with business, his conversations with his friends, when they come over, I'm like, I'm going to pay attention to this. Like I'm going to be part of the boys club because it's important. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all nodding our head. Yes. Here on zoom. (laughs) (laughs) So it it sounds so simple, but it's so, interesting that that's very much normally not the case. Like you said, normally it would be potentially, you know, the man dealing with the budget, all of that. And then you're just kind of like going along. It's like, and then it's there's habit, like right? And, you know, yeah. there's spending here and then there's resentment there and then there's not communication and all that. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, um, but it's really hard to get into that conversation without that like basic layer of financial literacy. That's really why we wrote this book yeah. and why so much of it feels like, defining of terms for people because like these concepts are not complicated some of them have complicated names some of them have annoying acronyms like they sound very like corporate and can feel like they're going over your head but they're very simple like these it's not difficult to understand so once you have that like base knowledge it's so much easier to walk into a conversation being like okay so this, that, and the other, I, you know, let's talk about what our credit scores are and what our financial goals are for the future. And like, you know, can we maybe renegotiate our interest rates because our credit score, we're going to improve our credit scores and how are we going to do that? Like, if you have that vocabulary to have the conversation, it's so important. And there was also, we just posted recently on Instagram that there this was, is crazy. That came out that said that a stay-at-home mom's salary is, should be the equivalent of $184,000 a year. Take that to the bank. So going into a conversation, knowing what the actual tangible 
worth of your contributions to the household is can be really huge too. Because if you're not bringing in an income, but you want to have a conversation about money, you can almost feel like you're, you're not, you don't have a like foundation to stand on. Like, okay, I'd really like to be involved yeah. in family finances, even though I'm not technically bringing in an income. But if you know that like you're actually contributing a hundred and $84,000 worth of labor to the family. Like now you've got a leg to stand on. Like now you've got a little skin in the game, right? So Yeah. And that can be actually quite shocking for men. I feel like because they yeah. need tangible numbers attached to things. So they don't see the invisible work, the emotional labor, the labor at home, the cleaning of the house, the meal prep, the socializing of your kids, like all of it. Right. Yeah. You can't like attach a price to that until you tell them. And I've told my husband, I'm like, you know, and, and the way Nikita and I explain it best is like, if we died today, how many people would you have to hire to replace the things we do? Yeah. And how much would that cost a month? Like truly childcare and all this stuff, yeah. like how much would that cost? And then there's your number, right? So yeah. And oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I love that there's a number to that. That's really yeah. important. Cause like, it's said, very important. Like to stand and feeling like, no, no, I am very much contributing to this. It, and here's yeah. what it quantifies. Yeah, absolutely. If I died today, <laughs> everybody's going to go home and what say that tonight at dinner. Hey, listen, if I died today, how much do you think it would cost to replace me, babe? <laughs> Why I'm laughing so hard. Okay. What, what are the top death. three biggest mistakes? <laughs> Honestly, though, like you, what, are, what do you think? What are the top three biggest mistakes you see people make, specifically women and moms with their finances? Well, we've made them. We did yes. a post that was all of our money mistakes and probably the three biggest ones are not, they revolve around not planning for the worst case scenario, which is you dying. <laughs> and so having no savings, having no will and having no life insurance are wow. the three biggest mistakes. Because if you have those three things, like your kids are taken care of, your partner's taken care of, there's like you know, stay-at-home moms need life insurance because once again, that comes to the same conversation as if you die, he, your partner will have to hire a bunch of people to replace what you're doing. So your life insurance policy should take that into account and cover that, especially if you own property, you need life insurance. And then if you don't have a living will, then like it goes, your estate goes into the hands of the state. So you need to have like, yeah, yeah, you do have own things that have value and you need to be able to say that like, you know, the life insurance policy goes to this person up until this age or whatever. You just need to have those like some savings and a plan for when you croak. And you know what it is? <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's, it's like, it's one of those things that gets put on the back burner a lot because it's not sexy like nobody wants to no. work on their will right you don't want to think about it and it's not the coolest thing but it doesn't take long anymore you don't have to go have a four-hour visit with a lawyer you can do it online we have great partnerships with willful um and what's the insurance company called drop dead life insurance drop dead oh life insurance which is amazing <laughs> it just goes right in with our topic oh of croaking i love that insurance like, like, i love that already yeah. drop dead insurance yeah. like just yeah so we right i mean there. we solidified partnerships with people like that that make it very easy for you to go online and get all that sorted it's a peace of mind and then you don't have to think about it right and and it does seem yeah. like one of those things that you never want to do but we say just fucking get it over with dedicate a day or an hour like it doesn't even it takes 20 minutes just dedicate it yeah. 
do it, get it over with, figure it out. And those are important conversations you need to have with your partner too. Like, who's going to take care of your kids? Have you had that conversation? You know, where do you want them to live? What do you want that to look like? What do you want to happen? So like, yeah, yeah, nobody's going to be able to make those decisions except for you. Yeah. Yeah. We have links to all those on our website, on the, on the yeah. homepage. It's like, get a will, get insurance. <laughs> it's so Don't drop dead. I honestly no, I hadn't done that until I, yeah, I, I had not, I was, because it's like, you, and I agree, book a day and have that be your like mm-hmm. dark day of like get talking about with. all the shit you don't even want to like go there for. Um, yeah. And just get it done. It's you funny how still alive after yeah. though. Yeah. Like, I'm not dead and I can still do stuff. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Especially yeah, no, when you have like, kids. Like and yeah. that's that's kind of why the second book follows the first. It's like the first is like here's early motherhood from pregnancy up until kindergarten or whatever. How to set yourself up mentally and emotionally, hold on to your identity, whatever. But like here's this other book that like you really have to do these things when you have a baby like from the very beginning, right? How can you get, you know, money from the government? Where can you get special assistance? How can you, you know, what kind of jobs can you be applying for? Like the, the there's so much in the book that can help moms and women like just stand on their own two feet and be empowered, really. That's what we're And consider do. their options that like non-emotionally, like really just see things laid out for them. That's like dollars and cents and, pros and cons and just consider all of the options (laughs) like you have options that's a huge thing that people need to understand that like you're not you're not entirely limited there's definitely pros and cons to a lot of different approaches especially when it comes to making money as a parent um but there are you have options (laughs) and you need to explore them before you make any decisions about like staying home forever yeah right and I love like So I actually highlighted a part of this because it's, I'm super passionate about this, like employing, having employed a lot of women is around that, like the big decision of going back to work. And you guys say in your opening, like the pull to stay home is real. You start to consider your options, going back to the career you left to have your baby, finding a new, a more flexible job that hopefully uh, still constitutes a lateral career move or extending your hiatus even longer. And you talk about them like, this sense of like making this decision and how much is at stake. And I think it's, I mean, I find it so mind blowing because like for me at wax on, like we've tried to make it as easy as possible to do both. And especially coming out of COVID and this being like a virtual world now that we live in, like why haven't more businesses switched to being able to, you know, accommodate more for women so that they can not have to feel the, full mom guilt of missing pickups and drop-offs and be able to go drop their kid off and be able to leave, you know, whatever the office or the virtual office at three o'clock to go pick their kid up from school, as long as they're getting their shit done within the day. And it's just because I have so many friends who are like, even after like aftercare um, at school doesn't even cover the time that they need to be at work for. And so then they're having to make the decision of, leaving a career that they love and something that really helps make themselves them and they need in their lives and want in their lives to this doesn't even make sense anymore because I've got to hire a full-time nanny anyways. And then it all is just going to that in the end, because $184,000 is what that job is worth being at home. 
So it's just, I find it just, I love that you put it in that like words like that and show the realness of how challenging those decisions are for women, because I don't think personally enough businesses are taking the approach of making it easier to make that decision and be able to do both grow your career while you're also feeling good about showing up for your kid or kids. Yeah. Hopefully the one good thing that comes out of this pandemic is that most more workplaces will embrace this flex work idea, which is so huge and so important for parents. Affordable childcare and flex work, we might be able to get this session over with because it's bad. Like all the jobs lost were women and they were not, they were forced out of them. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. And they need to get back in. Yeah. So, can I ask what are your top three main tips on improving your financial health? Uh, Let's see. Well, first of all, What's that? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, yeah, so can. politely. May I? <laughs> well, one of the things is literacy, right? Like that's the biggest thing is just start reading about it and like get that knowledge into your head, right? Because you're kind of powerless without that knowledge. Um, another thing you can do is uh, automate. Sorry, where automate the shit out of everything. Automate. Automate your yes. bill payments. Like. Mm. Figure out what your yeah. credit score is first. Like once you have your base of financial literacy, you want to figure out what your credit score is because your credit score affects the way that you're viewed by every financial institution. It affects your loan eligibility, your interest rates, everything. So you want to figure out what that is and then take take steps to improve it, which we outline in the book. Um, and then once you have like a big piece of that is paying bills on time. And the easiest way to do that is just automate it. Like just Get it to leave your account when it needs to leave it. Know when your paycheck is coming in. You know, if you can manage to save 20% of it automatically, throw that into a savings account. You can have it automatically transfer into a savings account. I love Wellsimple for this. I also love their Roundup tool. So what they do is like any money that you spend on your debit card, it rounds the cents up to the nearest dollar and puts that right into savings for you. So you don't even really feel it happening it's just doing its thing yeah. so like it's you know easy. we live in the a technology age like we have to use it mm-hmm. to our advantage and automating things is like the best way to do it the other thing we talk about too in the book is things like mindful consumerism and essentialism and sustainability and stuff like that and I think for those people that are kind of finding it hard to find that money to save they need to look at where they're spending it. If you're if you're buying fast fashion every season that you don't need to, or if you're buying $4 Americanos every morning, like there's places you can save that you don't even realize how much money's piling up. Like you're just spending it, you're throwing it in the garbage really. So we, that's why we've dedicated a piece of that book to how you can be a mindful consumer because that's going to help you save. That's going to, that's where that extra money is going to come from. And you have amazing side note, kind of unrelated, but also related. You have amazing style, both of you. And so I often will go to your Instagram and I will look at like what you're, I'm like, how can I repurpose pieces of of my closet? Because like, it's true. Like sometimes for lack of inspiration, you're like, I'll just go buy that because I want, I like that look. It's just easy. Yeah. yeah, But you can actually like repurpose so many things. And, And I mean, I personally need 
some advice on that. And, and I go to your page for that. So well, you can repurpose <laughs> it. You can tailor it. You can, you know, donate it and then go to like places like VSP, the like a consignment store or, or vintage stores and stuff like that, buy key pieces. And then we're not, you know, you can buy basics like jeans, like new jeans somewhere, but then all those other pieces, you just, you keep it in your closet and eventually you'll have a well enough edited closet that you really don't need that much extra and you can just rewear the things the thing that fast fashion has you believe the zaras and the h&ms is they just like rip off the trends off the runway you must have it so then you go and you spend every season like hundreds of dollars on these trends sometimes you wear them most forever but usually you don't there are listen we've bought pieces from h&m and zara too it's not like we're angels or anything like we don't shop fast fashion but when we do buy those things we make sure that we're going to wear them for a long time they are still like basics and they can work for a while so I think it's just being mindful when when you're about to make that purchase do I need this am I you know like how am I shopping where can I do better than this and that goes for everything not just your closet it goes for like your homeware your food you know everything you consume you can make a smart decision about yeah, it's good advice for yeah. sure. <laughs> I have a very serious question. How many F bombs are dropped in the book? <laughs> I don't know, but we should do a count. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, part, a lot. it's one of our favorite words. It's just so versatile. <laughs> like yeah. Sometimes you have to use it. Um, and it's just the way we talk. Right. And I think just like our first book, this is a girlfriend's guide. So what would it sound like if we sat on the couch together and talked about money? And that's what it's supposed to kind of feel like. I feel like that. And just as, as we're talking about terms and how this is very nicely in like your own terms and how you talk to a girlfriend and all that, but don't worry everyone because there is a glossary. And for example, (laughs) AF as fuck, um, DGAF, don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can see our, where our mindset is just from yeah. those two. And there's ROI, return on investment. So, you know, it's all in here. It is all in here. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, I think it's so great what uh, you've done in this. And I love that everything you're about is just centered around empowering women and providing women with arming themselves with more information to be able to be feel more empowered and, you know, and and therefore continue to like, stand up for themselves and be, you know, be a more confident version of themselves, uh, which is so great, especially through the mom journey. And for us too, I think it was important. There's a lot of women that stay in relationships and stuff like that, not because they're happy, but because they feel like they need to, because they're financially dependent and their partner makes decisions for the family and they feel like they can't leave because they're too scared to stand on their own two feet. So I think that's an important piece for us too, is like empowering them enough to not be dependent on anyone and just be dependent on themselves and know that they can take care of their family on their own, you know? Yeah. That's why we brought a lot of storytelling into the book too. And like real world firsthand stories of women who just took the reins and empowered themselves. And we just wanted them to be able to share their stories because they're inspirational. Like it's amazing to be able to do that. And it's, you know, kind of sadly uncommon in our society, but it's been done and it could be done again. If that's those stories are my favorite. <laughs> the, and those women are so my much. favorite. Like, yeah, they're the best. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Any like, 
Oh, I wanted to try one thing. Can we try yeah. one thing here? And I'm totally springing this on all of you because oh, I want great. everyone to do it. <laughs> <laughs> These are fun. Rapid fire. Can oh. we do like finish the sentence? Money is and then blank. Powerful. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was going to say power. Okay. Money is Lexi? power. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, you too. Oh, we're so. Uh, I'd say money is like abundant. Money is abundant. Ooh, What's your job. answer, babe? Money is lubrication for life. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. He told me this Ooh, baby. <laughs> I like where I you're going with this. I did. <laughs> Who needs D when you got money? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And Nikki said that before, and I was like, ah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Lubrication <laughs> for life. Yeah. And see. Yeah. Any well, final like thoughts, uh, anything else you want to share uh, today with our listeners? Um, I would just say, like, don't be daunted by this conversation. Jump right into it. Get your feet wet. It's not a big deal. Once you start doing the things, you'll see, you'll just start to realize how easy it was all along. You know, it was all in your head kind of thing. And take control of your algorithm. We talk about this in the book, too. Like, make your Instagram algorithm work for you. Start searching for financial accounts. More will be generated for you. Start searching, um, you know, in Google for definitions of these terms because it's going to pick up on the fact that you're interested in this and it's going to serve you accounts that interest you on a silver platter. So just make the algorithm work for you. It will give you great things. Yes, totally. Follow like we follow some amazing journal, the Economist. Like follow all those guys and whoever else it's the algorithm suggests for you after you follow those guys, there's some like, there's some really great like women led finance accounts out there that will surely populate if you search for it. You know what we should do once this episode comes out, we should just also post a story of accounts for people to follow. Cause we follow so many amazing accounts that we repost and share with people. And sometimes it's hard to get started in that area, but once you get going, like Nikita said, it just gets served to you. And th- and that's where yeah. we got that information about the 184 K is like, we were mm-hmm. following all these people and the stats are coming up. We're like, Jesus, is everybody seeing yeah. this? But if your algorithm's only serving you like fluffy outfits, it's all day long then you're missing a lot yeah <laughs> you know yeah. yeah there's good content out there you just gotta yeah. find it yeah. that would be great if you can yeah we'd love totally. to be able to provide that um and also very much so follow the rebel mama yes <laughs> follow us first and foremost exactly yes. get the book we'll make follow. you laugh all day long it's true <laughs> you I, I can't like i'm i'm almost getting awkward with how much i repost what you guys post because i love <laughs> so much of what you put out there i'm like i'm getting to be a creepy stalker now like no you know what we learned so it. we learned that you have like we laugh through it you know, you gotta yeah. laugh through it there's you have to find humor in the in everything that's going on we've had an incredibly tough two years and you just gotta like bond together and laugh and get through it yeah definitely Definitely. Well, thank you both for coming on. This has been thank you for having so us. fun, so informative. You're amazing. We appreciate you. Yeah. You're amazing. And we appreciate you right back, girl. Oh, you guys. <laughs> All, right, girl power. So All right. Thanks so much. And uh, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.